Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q. And we are about to be joined by the great John McClain from gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610. But before we do, I do want to throw the question out there, and you can respond on the text line at 69187, keyword R&R. What do the Raiders do with Josh Jacobs, or what should they do? With Josh Jacobs, a guy who did not get that fifth-year option picked up, but has definitely been the leader, the heart and soul of that Raiders offense. And now joining us on the phone lines is John McClain. And, John, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. And you've seen this play out many times, John. You tell me all the time. uh, uh, Contract years, guys are going to always go out there and give it their all and put up massive years. That's what Josh Jacobs is doing. What do you think this new staff is going to do with Jacobs following the season? I can't imagine that they wouldn't encourage Mark Davis to bring him back. You know, he's their leading rusher. They've, they've uh, he had a big catch in the victory Sunday night and uh, Sunday afternoon. And I, uh, where are you going to get another one? Yeah, you could. The, McDaniel's and Ziegler come from the Patriots, and the Patriots don't draft backs high, and they don't pay them a lot of money, and they get production in the second, third, fourth round. So I'm assuming that if Josh Jacobs wants more than they have budgeted, they'll just find it back somewhere else and make it work the way the Patriots have. Well, they did draft two two running backs in the last draft, so they got one in the fourth round and the seventh round, so they have those guys. But uh, as Josh McDaniel said earlier this week, that usually he's used to running back by committee, but with Jacobs, he can't get him off the field. He doesn't want to come off the field, so it feels like he made him kind of change his own philosophy. That's a great a great problem to have, of course. And if you look at the way the Patriots play, that's true. And Jacobs is, you know, I'm I'm always leery of guys who have the best year in a contract year. Mm-hmm. Even Aaron Judge. You know, Aaron Judge had trouble staying healthy. And then he stays healthy and has one of the greatest uh, seasons in baseball history. Now he's going to get the greatest contract in baseball history. And will he start being injured again? But in football with running backs, you don't invest a lot of money in them because there's so many, especially if you have holes in other places you need to fill. But if you know if there's any way they can get Jacobs back, they get him back. And I don't, there's a lot, you know, you get Saquon Barkley, he's going to be a free agent unless mm-hmm. he re-signs with the Giants. I saw a list before the season of six backs who are good who in the last year of their contract. So it doesn't work. You can sign somebody else. But worst thing you're running get back and do is overprice himself, overvalue himself, and price himself out of the market because you're worth more to your current team than you are where you know the players, the system, uh, the coaches, than you are starting over somewhere else. It's funny that you mentioned uh, Saquon Barkley right now. The top three leading rushers in the league are Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, and Josh Jacobs. So two out of the three are, are set to be free agents next year. That's That goes back to your contract year comment, John. Yeah, and one reason they're all one, two, and three, they all got to play the Texans, and Derrick Henry <laughs> gets to play them again. <laughs> right. Absolutely. That's a great point. Again, we're talking with John McClain here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. In that game on Sunday against the Broncos, there was a decision at the end of the game by uh, Nathaniel Hackett and company to allow Russell Wilson to throw the ball. And I know if he throws the ball and completes the pass and it's a first down and they go and win the game, no one's talking about this. But it gave the Raiders about 40 extra seconds when it was an incompletion how surprised are you that teams continuously do that and try to throw the rock instead of just run the ball and let that time go off the clock? 
in any season but this one, I would have been confident in Russell Wilson making a play. But this season, you shouldn't be. You have to worry about the clock. And I think we all believe that Hackett's going to be a one-and-done coach. New owners had nothing to do with him. Uh, but uh, it was I was listening to the game on uh, NFL radio when I uh, was driving home, and they were certainly questioning that strategy. No doubt. John McClain again is our guest here on Red Nation Radio 920. So looking around the league, John, the Cowboys blasted the Vikings. The Vikings were 8-1 and going into that game, and the Cowboys made it look like they were the best team uh, in the league. What did you think of that performance by Dallas? The Cowboy fans all over the country think they're going to the Super Bowl now because they played one great game. Right. And when you remind them, well, what did you do in the previous game? And they lost. And like people are devastated in Minnesota, oh, here we go again with Kirk Cousins. One week after they had one of the greatest victories in franchise history, I look for both the Cowboys to keep it up on Thanksgiving. I believe that the Vikings will bounce back in a big way. Both those teams have the talent. The, the thing is, if you're an NFC team and you have a choice of playing Kirk Cousins or Tom Brady in the playoffs, with Minnesota having a much better record, who do you want to play? Well, if you're in your right mind, you want to play Cousins, you want to play him in primetime, because primetime record is awful. And um, I think Cowboy fans, if they ran the ball with Tony Pollard, he caught the ball, he and Zeke Elliott, had four touchdowns between them. Dak Prescott had the fewest incompletions in his career. Michael Parsons was did an imitation of Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> They've got the talent on both sides of the ball, but they're just not not weakly inconsistent. But right when you think things are going great, they blow a game. John, does it ever blow your mind that we're going into week 12 of the NFL season and really nothing is undecided, right? I mean, the, the Chiefs are a really good team. You know that. Uh, of course, the Eagles are good, but they have there's, – there's cracks in their armor. It's like there's no complete team out there. Everyone has their issues, and nothing not, – not too many teams have really started to separate yet. One thing they always talk about, Q, it's not what you do in September and October, but November and December now mm-hmm. that there's 17 games – you say that about January. Really, from Thanksgiving on, it's crunch time. And that's when you separate the contenders from the pretenders. And it happens every year. And you think about the Chiefs two weeks ago, barely beat the Titans at Arrowhead Stadium with uh, Ryan Tannehill out. Mm-hmm. They won by three. So I think they're the best team, but they, they've proved they can be beaten. And one way is don't give don't give the ball to Patrick Mahomes so he can throw passes to Travis Kelsey in the last minute to pull out a game. You've got to be able to control the ball against them with a running game. Titans always give them fits, and that's the way they do it with a great running game. Teams are running the ball more than any time of the year. And so if you can establish the run and wear them down and don't let them get their hands on the ball in the fourth quarter, they can be beaten too. Buffalo, the super team, we all thought – was going to the Super Bowl, not that they're ordinary, but they had lost two games. So sometimes I look at, at who the quarterback is. Nobody's going to want to play Mahomes or Josh Allen or Tom Brady. Today, they, everybody plays well against Aaron Rodgers. and That's one reason I like the NFL, because there's so much balance. 
and so many teams are capable of surprising us, good and bad. Talking right now with John McClain from GalleriesSports.com, also Sports Radio nine, uh, 610 in, uh, in in Houston, here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man, DeMond's got one for you. Too many damn numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Too many numbers. Yeah, John, you were right about one thing. The Chiefs, they don't want to see the Titans again now that Ryan Tannehill's back. Oh, I'll just put that out there. But a mess that we were talking about earlier in the show is the New York Jets and Robert Sala basically coming out saying that he's noncommittal on Zach Wilson being the starting quarterback. With a team that's over 500, they're one game out of first place in their division. Have you seen this often in the NFL where teams are like just midway through the season, hey, we're thinking about changing our starting quarterback? Uh, you do see that, Mom. You don't say where the team's got a winning record. Now, um, Zach Wilson is their best quarterback. He's better than Mike White and Joe Flacco. But sometimes young quarterbacks need to take a seat and get a different vantage point. Here, I've been advocating for three weeks. Bench Davis Mills, elevate Kyle Allen, let Mills sit and watch for a while because they're doing a terrible job of offense. It starts with coaching with Pep Hamilton, and sometimes you just need a different perspective. And if they put Mike White in there or Joe Flacco and they do well and they win, hey, leave them in. Wilson's going to have a long career. But people are down on him right now because he didn't handle the post game very well. He needed to make sure that he went in in front of his teammates and fell on the sword and said, that loss to the Patriots was my fault. And I screwed up when I told the media, no, I don't take responsibility. I do. Because you guys know when you make a mistake and you fall on the sword, people are forgetting. And it doesn't matter if it's in sports or out of sports. And people would feel so much better about Zach Wilson had he done that, even though he's been playing terribly. But uh, I guarantee you, if he goes away from Wilson this game, he's not going to keep him on the bench the rest of the year. The guy does have talent. Something else I want to ask you about, because you mentioned how you've been calling for Davis Mills to be on the bench. I follow you and some other Houston sports media members, and it seems that they're being, I'll just say it a little harsh on Lovey Smith, but isn't the plan for this team to get the number one pick? Well, no, nobody has a plan to get the number one pick because it means you're planning to be the worst team in the league. And Lovey Smith, if they play the way they played against Washington, they'll clean house. They'll be fired. And Lovey's the one that promoted Pep Hamilton, let him hire all the offensive coaches. And Pep Hamilton has done a terrible job. And people here are frustrated because they didn't think the team was going to be good. But they thought, I picked them to go 6 and 11. Last year they were 4 and 13. And now they're worse than that team. And everybody is mystified by it. And Davis Mills, who showed so much promise at the end of last year, has been terrible with Pep Hamilton as his coordinator and play caller. John, I got to ask, DeMond didn't do it. Uh, what do you think of the Tennessee Titans? What do you think of their chances to, uh, to make a nice little run here? The Titans, uh, because Derrick Henry stays healthy. Mike Rabel does more with less than mm-hmm. any coach in the NFL. People may say, oh, well, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's got great wide receivers. He's got a good tight end. He's got two rookie starters in the first and fourth round his offensive line. He's got talent. I was looking at the Titans the other day and the players that they have. They had 11 Texans, former Texans on their roster until one got cut, and they're still winning. It helps that the that the AFC South is awful, but they beat teams that are outside the AFC South. I don't think they're going to fool around and get home field advantage again. 
and they have not taken advantage of being in the playoffs and having on field advantage. But with Derrick Henry uh, staying healthy and Ryan Tannehill managing the game and working the play action, they're capable of beating any team because there's no super team. There you go. John McClain. Thank so, you for saying what needed to be said. <laughs> I don't know why you didn't ask. I don't I don't want to brag, you know. No, but, I, mean, I mean, they look like they're coming together at the right time. I, just, I don't mind giving props for props to do. <laughs> hey, Tannehill might be the man that's home soon. I don't know about that. John, uh, what's the final question for you. What do you think the, the best team in the NFC is right now? We feel like the Chiefs got to be there in the AFC, but what about the NFC? If you look at the top teams, you know, Tampa's 5-5. Five and five. They've won two in a row since Brady got divorced. Cowboys and Eagles. Eagles have struggled, but they didn't beat the Texans very badly. It was 14-14 halftime. Texans were then a field goal in the fourth quarter before they pulled away. They were fortunate to win Sunday. You know, the Cowboys, if you ask me that question a week from now, Dallas may lose to the Giants. <laughs> right. It's not the Giants, and it's not the it's not Washington. It's one of the two teams from the East. I guess you've got to put Minnesota up there because they had done really well till Sunday. And uh, out West, San Francisco with Jimmy G playing away dead last night. The 49ers have won, I think, four in a row. They've been there. They were a championship game last year. I would not want to play the 49ers with that running game and the talent they have at the skill position. Well, the Raiders will be playing the 49ers on New Year's right here in Las Vegas. That should be fun to, to watch that here at Allegiant Stadium. John, gallerysports.com, what do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? All negative stuff about the Texans, <laughs> and uh, I haven't found a way to write about the Astros this week, but I'm going to be looking hard next week uh, to try to find an Astros column because that one would be positive. Q. Demond, you guys have a great Thanksgiving with your families and I hope all your listeners have a very happy Thanksgiving as well. You too, brother. We appreciate you. You and your family. Happy Thanksgiving. There he goes. John McClain, gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Uh, great stuff right there with John all the time. He said everything about the Texans, negative. <laughs> hey, man, I guess if you if it's warranted. It is. I mean, but it I is. wanted to ask him about Justin Verlander because I don't think they're going to keep him, but I think they should make a bid. You know, just throw the bag at them. I mean, look, they got a, they got another ring. They got another World Series. If they let them walk, they let them walk. They got another World Series that would last for a little while. Not a long time, but a little while. Plus, they got plenty of talent. Not saying Verlander talent, but he's not great in October. What? No, he, pro- not, he, he proved it this year. Okay. I mean, 40 years old. I mean, I'm just pro- saying he's not great in October. He was good when he had to be, but he wasn't good early on in October. He wasn't good, no. In his first time, the first appearance was not great. Fickle. John killed him on the radio show, and by the time the game was over, was tweeting his praises in the same game. Look, hey, it happens. It happens. He's Yeah, man. He's a really good regular season pitcher, and sometimes he's good in October. It's very rare, though, with one Justin Verlander. 316 is the time. We'll get back to some of your texts and calls. This is Ray Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. Earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi talked to the media. Also, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. Coming up about 3.30, we'll hear from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. Some of his thoughts on, well, just the team in general defensively moving forward. And I really like what they did in the second half. They switched things up a little bit, changed things up, and were able to limit the Broncos. And I get it. The Broncos are not a very good offensive team. I get that. But... To be able to limit them to six points in the second half was was big. 
Denzel Perryman came up with uh, some nice tackles, some tackles for losses. Max Crosby, same thing. Chandler Jones got some pressure. It was good to see Chandler Jones getting some pressure. I'd like to see him get some sacks, but it was good to see him get some pressure. That's when the young man Tyler Hall was able to get an inter- uh, not an interception, but a, a, a sack. That was good. Just some 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 key plays were made defensively in the second half that helped the Raiders stick around. And also that last play, you know, Russell Wilson throws the ball on third down. It's so funny. I'm sitting there watching the game, and I'm thinking, okay, I know what they can do. They can run the ball and let the clock go and then kick the ball, and the Raiders will have probably about a minute. They'll get the ball back with maybe a minute if they don't pick up a first down. Or they could try to throw it, but if they don't complete the ball or they don't get a first down, they potentially could end up, you know, end up uh, giving the Raiders a lot more time. Well, the ball fell to the ground. I looked at the wife and said, wow, they really threw it and left all that time on the clock. I couldn't believe it. And that's why Nathaniel Hackett probably is not coming back next year. Well, yeah, but he wasn't calling the plays. I know he's the CEO. He's the, the, he's the head coach. He's supposed to be the CEO. He's supposed to be the decision maker. But I feel like, and, and you're right, that's probably is why he's not going to come back next year. But I, I really feel like it's almost... It's almost one of those situations where he's desperate, and so that's why he had mm-hmm. that's why he had Clint Kubiak calling the plays. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and, and give the play calling to you. And at that point, didn't even make the final decision. Didn't even say, "Hey, make sure this is a run." He decided he he wanted to you know go ahead and let Russell cook. Or Russell Wilson decided he had two plays in his ear, which I'm sure he probably had two plays, and decided he was going to go with the pass and save the day. So a lot of that's probably on Russell Wilson as well. But either way you look at it, it allowed the Raiders to have way too much time on the clock, and you see what they ended up doing with it as they got the victory. So uh, there you go. At 3.30, we'll hear from Patrick Graham, some of his sound from uh, his media session he had at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. But we've been throwing out the question out there asking about running back Josh Jacobs. And I get it that this is an offseason move, right? I get it. This It's a decision that Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, Josh McDaniels, and company all have to make in the offseason. But the offseason will be here sooner rather than later, right? And so right now, they're looking at their roster, and they're, they're deciding. Remember what we've been talking about? Evaluation season? Everyone's being evaluated, who they move forward with and who they don't. We just talked to John McClain. He said that, you know, a guy like Josh Jacobs is more valuable to the team he's on right now than another team as a free agent. But he might say, you know what? I did some great things. I deserve the bag. I want the big bag. And maybe the Raiders say, that's not, that's not the budget we set aside. So they decide to move on from him. I think it'd be a mistake to move on from him based off what he's done this year. But I also know how contract years play. Yeah, and it also depends on we don't know how much they're going to value him going into this current offseason. But with running backs in their pay, where I don't think that he would be asking for too much because running backs aren't getting that much. Where we know that I think Christian McCaffrey level, $15 that's it. That's the high end. But right in that sweet spot, hey, the the, the franchise tag would be 10 $12 Twelve million a year. It doesn't sound like too much to me, but maybe the way this um, the salary cap shakes out, it will be too much for the Raiders. But twelve million sounds like a good deal to me. I mean, it does. And you know, you look at the money that they've dished out, and it almost feels like, well, are they gun shy to spend some some more money, right? I mean, they gave out the money, obviously, to Devontae Adams. Return on investment's been great. They gave out the money to Derek Carr. Return on the investment, I think, has been good. Right, especially with the contract that he has, and I know that they have a decision that they have to make on Derek Carr. I, I fully believe, I have no problem saying this on November 22nd, I've said it multiple times, I definitely believe Derek Carr will be back with the Raiders next year. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there, but I know that that's a front office decision that they have to make. But you look at the money that they dished out to Darren Waller, return on investment, eh, not so much. Dished out the money to Hunter Renfro, return on investment, eh, not so much. So I can understand anyone that would say, yeah, but... They gave out this money already, and what have they got in return? The only person who stepped up to the, the party 
and has showed up since getting the bag was Max Crosby. So I get it. You know, that's why it's, you know, what what do you do? What should they do? Again, I think he's a key cog. I think he's a player that should stick around. I'm not in the front office. I don't make those decisions. Just when Wendy hit us up on the text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Hey, Q, as an OG Raider fan, I really hate the current SOP. Q, SOP means standard operating procedure. <laughs> I love the fact that she just wrote that out. I love the fact that she did that. Because she's like, you know what? I better spell this out for Q. Sometimes he struggles. I ain't never claimed to be the smartest cat in the building. I ain't never claimed to be that cat. <laughs> she said, I hate the current standard operating procedure of revolving doors on great players. Our HOFers were Raiders for 8 to 10 years. Why can't we keep the good ones like 28, 52, and others? Hassle consistency like teams who are playoff teams year after year. Yes, we add draftees and cut a few, but... Not the real Raiders. That's from Just Win Wendy. Again, an OG Raider fan. And uh, we all know Just Win Wendy. We all love Just Win Wendy. And, you know, she's got a really good point. You know, and, and it's so funny. And that's why I tried to, on Monday, show love to the homegrown guys. Because it's, you know, it's not easy. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy to go out and get a Devontae Adams. Because most teams wouldn't give up a Devontae Adams. But some will, like Green Bay did. But it's, it's something special, man. When you get a guy, you draft a guy, you see him develop, and he's your guy. Right, Even when Charles Woodson left and went to Green Bay, he was the Raiders guy. Now, he grew into who he was. He really, in my opinion, grew into a Hall of Famer in Green Bay. But then he returned to the Raiders and was their guy again. I feel like Charles Woodson was always the Raiders guy. He just spent a little bit of time away from the house. It's kind of like, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like when your kid leaves the house and then they come back, they're a little bit older, and they come back with some baggage. Oh, wait, that's just me that that happens to? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I ain't never going to let that go, huh? Sounds very specific. <laughs> what, what baggage are you talking about, kid? <laughs> no, but I, I understand what she's saying. It's something special about your guy, right? And, and, and like she said, 52, five deuce. Man, Khalil Mack was their guy, right? Their guy. Derek Carr is their guy. You know, and, and, and he lets it be known that the Raiders are his team. You know, that, that's who he wants to win with. And I can appreciate that. I really can. I always say, and I, I, I actually I am, I would be, and am the worst free agent ever because I would be so attached. No, seriously, like I would be so attached to being somewhere that I was, you know, like Derek Carr. He loves being a Raider. I would be such a fan of being a Raider that they would offer me some kind of BS contract and be like, yeah, that's cool. That's great. And then someone would say, you signed that? Not even going to look at it. <laughs> right. I want to stay here. Right, right, right. I mean, it's, it's just Sometimes you get caught up in knowing where you're going to go or, or where you're going to be, and you don't even worry about some of the important stuff like, I don't know, money, guarantee, this, that, and the other. You just kind of roll with it, right? My old program director, Alexa, she's in Sacramento right now. Uh, she was asking me when I got this job. She was like, well, you know, did they take care of this, that, and the other? Did they take care of your move? Did they take care of that? And I was like, no, I didn't even ask for that. She's like, Q, what are you doing? I was like, oh. Got a U-Haul, and I was good. <laughs> you know, right? like when players say, "Are you gonna Are you gonna give the team a hometown discount?" Yeah, yeah. And I love when the player like actually says where he's actually from. Right. Be like, "Oh, you're gonna give Vegas a hometown discount?" Well, actually, I'm from Miami, so this ain't no hometown. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever the city may be. Right. I love when the player like mentions where they're actually from. Right. No doubt. I mean, that's that's real. Are they gonna give a hometown discount? Well, I'm not really from Vegas. I mean, you know, I just grew up uh, right outside. I'm from Barstow, yeah. right? Shout out to Paul Gutierrez, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that says. I mean, some people, like I said, I'd be a terrible free agent. I would because I would be so. And I guess if I was in that position, maybe I'd be different. But I just know me. I'm a terrible free agent now. I just so want to be in certain places that I'm willing to overlook certain things and just make it work. 
That's why Alexa tells me all the time, I can't believe you didn't ask for this, that, and the other. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. We'll make, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Mama lives here. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll make mama help me out. <laughs> nah, kidding. I kid. Uh, Mailman Raider hit us up at 69187 keyword R&R. Q, the Rams have showed us that money grows on trees. Give the man a contract till his age 28 season. If you got to trade him a year early, then so be it. I think Jacobs and Harmon have earned extensions. Ooh, I like he dropped uh, Deron Harmon in there as well. Again, I would, I would do something with trying to keep 28 with the silver and black as well. I think he's earned that. 702-365-9200. That is the listener line. Who we got up? We got Raider Fish and Berkeley up first. Raider Fish, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, hey. Hey, before I launch off into everything, I'm going to do something that I think you don't like. So forgive me ahead of time. Don't you like when someone asks for forgiveness before they mess up? So here I go. No, I don't. What's the, I, told, <laughs> I told you so. <laughs> hey, I got to hit you with the I told you so. I gave you three keys, and not only were the keys to the locks, they were to the doors. I gave you keys, locks, and doors, baby. I said passion on defense, and guess what? Boom! Oh, and let me remind you, didn't I tell you about the fruit punch drill? Wow, that man punched that melon out. He punched that cassava out. Black kick, special team showed up. They showed up in a big way. And run, 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 then boom, over the top. Killed them off, just like I said they would. So you know what? Maybe we got something going. You should have me on for a 30-second segment. Keys to the game. Anyway. Friday. With the Friday. Calls back on Friday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey. Keys to the game. Oh, you know what? I'm panhandling, okay? I've collected some cans. I, I think I'm going up to the Kingdome uh, to watch the game in person. So let's see how that – I'll keep you posted uh, to see if I can get up to Seattle and uh, uh, hopefully pull for our team against the Seahawks. Now, uh, when they signed Devontae Adams, that gave me hope that, wait a minute, maybe they don't do everything to quote-unquote – uh, Patriot way because uh, I didn't see them pulling that move. So I think if Jacob, I mean, excuse me, McDaniels and Ziegler, the Z man, if they could do a hybrid situation where, you know, hey, we're going to be modern day NFL front office, which they are, we do a little uh, Patriots way, but we got the Raiders way too. And you, you know what? Uh, uh, Carr, he may restructure. Adams, they may restructure. I don't know. Maybe they get together. They really like each other and say, hey, you know what? Hey, why don't we do this? You know, we're going to let Peter uh, borrow from Paul so uh, everybody can get some. We can have y'all all, okay? So maybe a restructure situation. And we keep J.J. in them because the man is bonging out before he falls out. And I just love it. Let's go Raiders. Happy Turkey Day. Raiders. There he goes, Raider Fish in Berkeley. Yeah, I got I got a pause for the cause real quick. Raider Fish in Berkeley gave us a lot there, but definitely appreciate the call, brother. And hit me on Friday with the keys to keys to victory. Let's go out to the three hundred five. Let's talk to our guy, brother Marquise, in the three hundred five. What up, man? Welcome to the show. What's good, Q? How you doing, bro? Oh man, I'm blessed. How are you? Oh man, you're same. You already know. Hey, um, I just want to bring up a couple things. First, since you're on Jacobs, you know what? It, it to me, it's ridiculous. It, I don't even know the question at this point. I mean, I understand the, you know, the devaluation of the running back position and he's supposed to get, you know, you probably command 10 to 13 million somewhere out there. But you know what? The reason you don't want to give the money to that position so you can give it to other positions. Well, you know what solves that? Draft well. Yep. Draft some players. And then you don't have to worry about where, who you're giving the money to because you're getting some cheap, cheap rookies that are producing. 
You know, um, I don't think it should be a question. You keep good players. That's the bottom mm-hmm. line. That's the whole purpose. Um, the other thing I want to bring up real quick is, that, is it time to finally start saying, and I've felt this way for a while, but for the masses to say that Max Crosby is better than Khalil Max has ever was. Ooh. I mean, Max Crosby shows up every game. Khalil he does. Mack was phenomenal. But he would be go through three, four game stretch where I didn't even know he was on the field. Max Crosby, in my mind, is better than Khalil Mack because he's more impactful game in and game out. I like it. I really do. I think that's a great uh that's that's a great question to throw out there. That really is. You know, and I'm not trying to try to, you know, Dis Khalil Mack at all, but uh, you bring up a good point. You know, whenever he got his sack, especially that year he had 15 and one defensive player of the year, he got them all in bunches. Five of them he got in Denver. You know, I think three of them he got another place, maybe against Carolina. I mean, there's just he, but he did make plays. You know, he made big plays, interception against Carolina for returns to a touchdown, strip sacks. I mean, he did a lot of impactful things. But I understand what you're saying about consistency and how Max shows up every single game. He doesn't miss games. He just, I mean, he's he's always out there doing something. I mean, you, you bring up a good question, man. It, it's it's a good question that I don't have the answer to right now, but it's definitely something worth talking about. I like it. I like it. That's good stuff. We got some more calls. We're going to take a quick break. We got some more calls. Stove, Can, Dino in Toronto. Yeah, those are all real names. We got all of you on the way on the other side, plus Patrick Graham. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. 702-365-9200. It's the Radio Nation listener line. If you call, DeMond will get your name right 99% of the time. I say 99% of the time because there is a time where he'll say, Hey, Q, I don't know, man. There's a guy on the line named Can. Like Can? Like a like a trash can? Yeah, man. He said his name is Can. Like Can. Like literally a can. Like a can of soup. Yeah, Q, his name is Can. Like what kind of can are you talking about, DeMond? Q, a can. Like a can that you kick. Kick the can. All right, I guess so. So coming up next, we have so-and-so can and so-and-so. And then DeMond says, you know what? Let me just go back and check real quick to make sure his name is Can. After reassuring me a hundred times his name is Can. Only to find out his name is not Can after all. Shocking. Because I haven't met a Can yet. But I have met a Cam with an M. Calling from Australia. Cam, welcome to the show. <laughs> How are you, Q? Good to talk to you, my man. You too, mate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh he's a crack up, mate. Where would we be without the more, no? Oh, you ain't, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I spend most of my days in my little gardening business cracking up for three hours just at him. So it's a bloody great, bloody call. Thank you. <laughs> but what, I, what I'm ringing about, my man, is we've got to keep Josh. We have to keep Josh. There's two reasons why I think that Josh McDaniels keeps going on about building a culture and raves about Josh Jacobs. So he's got to keep him now. He really has backed himself into a corner because how do you have a culture where you get rid of one of your best players and one of your best locker room boys? Mm. I don't get it. Yeah, that's a great point. You know great. What I mean? So we've got, we've got to make sure, because otherwise he's going to look like a complete, as we call, big uh, one. Right, right. There you go. Good stuff. Hey, Cam, with an M, thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, even though we're laughing, that's a good point. He is a great locker room guy. He's clearly a leader of the squad. And that is something that we hear from Josh McDaniels all the time is about building with great players and building this thing for the sustainability, not just for the one year. So 
it would look kind of suspect if you all of a sudden allow a guy who's one of your best players to walk after the season's over. Again, and I don't remember exactly who texted in, but I think that uh, the text that said these guys didn't know what he was going to bring to the table. And really nobody did because Josh Jacobs, to his credit, and even the front office's credit, he's having a career year. It's not like this is something he's done four years in a row. I mean, this is a career year for him. But he's showing what he's capable of doing. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a good problem to have, no doubt. I think that, uh, I think that keeping him would be awesome. Uh, let's see. We got Vegas Pete said, Happy Turkey Day last year was awesome. A win in Dallas. Max is better than 52, who's on his third team on a bloated contract. 52 never uh, blocked kicks like Ella Rose dad does. So that's from Vegas Pete right there. And, you know, I, I hate to compare the two players because I think that they're both great. I think Khalil Mack is great. I really do. And I know that, you know, he went to Chicago. He did some really good things early on, got injured, banged up a little bit, tailed off a little. Uh, I still think he's a great player. I would love to see 52 and 98 coming off the edges together, right? Like they have that opportunity in L.A. with the Chargers where he's uh, teaming up with Joey Bosa except for Joey Bosa is injured. So I I still think that Khalil Mack is really sticking good. So I don't want to take anything from him. He's one of the better edge rushers in the league, and he's a guy that stops the run, and he's been stopping the run since day one as well. That's something that, you know, we can't forget. Max Crosby's done a good job against the run this year, but that's something that he had to develop. But there's a big difference as well from a number four overall pick or a number, number, number a first round pick. I think Khalil was what, four or five? I think it was five. No, I think it was four. Either way, whatever. It was a top five pick. Number five, okay. Top five pick. And Max Crosby was a fourth round pick. So you look at the production and you look at what he's doing right now and you're looking at how big of a leader Max Crosby is right now. You have to give him so much credit. And that's why we had Coach Judd Thrash on yesterday and he was talking about Max, just the guy he is the way he was able to join the Raiders, the first thing John Gruden told him on his, on his call when they drafted him, your best friend's going to be Deuce Gruden. He's going to hit you in, in the weight room, going to get you, you built up. You've got to get stronger. You've got to get bigger. And all he did is work, 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 work since he's been with the Raiders and got better and better and better every single year. And so now he's seeing the fruits of his labor, and he hasn't stopped and slowed down. That's the thing about Max as well. A lot of players, they get that big, fat paycheck, and then all of a sudden they slow down. Max is only looking like he's getting better as time goes. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines and talk to Stove. Stove, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, you? Uh, I, I live in Denver, and let me tell you, this is a good time to be a Raider fan in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been a lot, it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, sports is so easy after the fact. You know, we all, we all love calling in the day after and saying, I would or wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. But sitting there watching that game on Sunday, I could not believe that they didn't throw the ball leading to the two-minute warning, and they did throw the ball after the two-minute warning. It made no sense at all. Mm-hmm. And if Russell Wilson would have gone down and, and taken a sack there, he still would have got the 40 seconds and maybe even a, another phantom penalty. But I don't want to waste your time on all that stuff. What I do want to say is this, is for the last few years, a lot of us Raider fans have been living our life through you. And I will never forget the podcast the day that Khalil Mack got traded. Oh, man. It was like the saddest, it was the saddest <laughs> moment in, in Raider history. And I'm old enough to remember uh, all of them. <laughs> the <tuck rule>. um, <laughs> but but what, I, what I will say is, is that um, you know, Josh Jacobs, if I remember correctly, you, you were at the draft in Dallas, I believe, when he got drafted and you got a chance to talk to him. Nashville. If I got that right. Nashville, yeah. yeah. Yep. Excuse me. And, and, and I know you're a Bama guy, 
but right from the beginning, you were on the Josh Jacobs train, and I wanted to love him over and over. I wanted to love him every year, and it seemed like he was always on the injured list. And, and I, love, I love your segments with, with John out of Houston every week because he knows the game. And it really tears me apart thinking, oh, my God, is this a salary rush? Because he's a free agent. He is running his rear end off. I would have used another word, but I respect you too much. Gotcha. But, but, I mean, he is running every week as tough as we have ever seen him. And, and I hate to think that he's running for a contract here. But what, but what I would say is, you know, I'm struggling with what the team's going to do. But I do know that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, who I still believe in, come from an organization where there's literally one player in the history of the Patriots who meant more for the back of his uniform than the front. They got rid of Chandler Jones, mm-hmm. as I wish we would. They got rid of, of guys year after year that they didn't want to pay. Yep. And it makes me wonder, are they going to give Josh Jacobs a contract? They did it with Waller, and obviously that's, that's a very big question mark. Same with Renfro. And, and Chandler Jones has been a disaster. So, mm-hmm. you know, are they going to give Josh a fair contract? Yeah, I think he, everybody would sign up for that. Are they going to overpay for him? I don't believe it. Right. Uh, and, and just one, one final thing is, is, you know, I can't help but think if we would have landed Khalil Mack instead of Chandler Jones this offseason, Mack is no longer the player he once was, and 98 is way better than 52. But if we would have landed Khalil Mack, imagine the momentum inside of our, our locker room mm. of what that would have meant. Because we got Devontae, and that was huge on offense. Khalil Mack would have been unbelievable, and he was there for the taking. And that's just one of those what-ifs. Great call, Stove. I appreciate you. Man, I remember that day Khalil Mack got traded like it was yesterday. I remember that podcast that Saturday morning. I was not a happy camper. I was so angry. I was so mad. I mean, you can go back and listen. It's still there in the archives. It's still there. I was so angry on that Saturday morning on my way to a Baylor game. Following a Temple High School football game, I had just worked the sidelines, went to bed. Everything was good Friday night. Temple won. It was all good. Woke up early Saturday morning, getting ready to go to Baylor, look at my phone. Adam Schefter, Khalil Mack is being traded to the Bears. Oh, my gosh. I was so mad. So mad. Got up out of bed, didn't even give the wife a kiss in the morning, say good morning. I just walked to the closet, got dressed, went outside and mowed the lawns. Angry. Had my 90s hip-hop blasting in my ears. I was a lot of DMX that day, brother. There was a lot of DMX, late 90s, early 2000s. A lot of y'all going to make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. And I was, I mean, I'm mowing the lawn and I'm like, y'all going to make me lose. I mean, my neighbors are like, what in the hell's wrong with him? And everyone in the house knew, oh, it's a problem. He's angry and upset. Mowed the lawn, went back in the house, cleaned up, got dressed to go to Baylor, said, I got to go to the radio station first and record a podcast. Go to the radio station, recording the podcast. Some little smart ass. Can't stand the dude. His name was Andrew Baker. I can't stand him. Little, Andrew Baker? Yeah, that was his name. That was his name, Andrew Baker. He was a, he was a producer, but he was like, he thought he was, he was like a, um, a bit guy. He liked to do bits. I'm not a bit guy. He likes to do bits. So he decides he's going to do a bit with me while I'm recording the podcast. He sticks his head in the studio and goes, hey Q, how you doing today? What's going on? And I looked at that dude. I could have poked a hole. I could have busted a hole in his chin. Just everything. I could have busted everything up. His chin, his chest. I could have reached into it and grabbed his heart and watched it die. I could have done all of that. I was so angry. I'm almost getting riled up now thinking about it. <laughs> he had me so fired up. And so I turned off the recording, pressed pause, and I was like, you know how I'm doing? I'm doing the blank bad, right? <laughs> right? <laughs>
<laughs> did all that. Oh so yeah. And so he oh <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm real I'm doing real Okay, okay. Yeah, I didn't you. want to say the word because I didn't want you to have to use the dump button. No, but then you say I'm doing the blank bad. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. well. I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really bad. Really bad. When you're doing it like that, it's really bad. I'm going to have to go back and find this podcast just for my own entertainment. Yeah, go on and check it out. Go on and check it out. It was a week before the, uh, the season started. <laughs> I, can tell you, I can tell you that right now. It was a week before the season started. It was a Saturday. I don't do podcasts on Saturday. I did one that day. How's the last? I think that was the last. No, you know what? That was the second to last podcast I did on Saturday. The next one was the next season when AB got released a week before the season started. I had to do one then. But mine then was like, huh, cool. Good, good. Good riddance. Get rid of him. He's already a headache. He hadn't even played one game yet. He was already a headache. I'm free. I'm yeah, free. Yeah, yeah. He's still free. You see that picture he put out of Derek Carr over the weekend? Oh, that was funny, though. That was not funny. No, I don't, I don't Derek understand. Carr's response, though. Oh, well, Derek Carr's response was great. But it's just like... Why, dude? Why? I don't understand what goes to his head. He doesn't either. <laughs> That's a good point. Let's get one more call in. 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Dino in Toronto. Dino! Welcome to the show, brother. Yo, man, I'm just, man, I just want to say thanks. You guys put a smile on my face. I had a rough day today, but so nice to get a good laugh. Man. You guys are awesome. The mod, oh, man. And then one before I, before I give you my little thing, um, What's, what does that say about your show, man? You got a boy from Australia calling in. You got your boy Dino from Toronto, Canada calling you, man. You guys are international, man. I mean, that's, you gotta, gotta, gotta take your hat off to you, you both of you guys. You guys are doing a great job, man. The whole, the whole show is awesome. Appreciate um, it. The thing I want, the, one, the thing I want to say about Jacobs is that, man, when when he hits, when he runs and hits somebody, he hurts people, man. And not a lot of running backs like. You get running backs that can juke and, and run and, and, and get yardage, but, man, when he comes at the car, he smacks people, man. You could, it's almost like guys are afraid to tackle him after, which is, which is one of his strengths. That's what I see anyways. Uh, so, I mean, I hope they pay that, man. I mean, he deserves it. He's a homegrown. Uh, he's given us nothing but his all. I mean, yeah, he's banged up, but, man, he runs hard. So that's, that's what's going to happen. But I, I really would hope that they would keep him, in, uh, keep him in the fold because he was drafted by us, and I'd love to see him. Be a Raider for as long as he could. The other guy I want to see, man, is Perryman. I'm like, holy smokes. That that, that boy can play, man. Uh, he is a, he's a stalwart on that defense, and I pray to God they keep him, man. And, and, and that, that guy that guy should be a Raider, too. He gives it all every time I see him play. And the last thing I want to say is I praised, I praised our boy Webb, man, uh, the previous game. And uh, he didn't have a really good game against <laughs> the Broncos. But one, one thing I will say, though, about the coaching staff, I don't know if you guys noticed, but they took him out when they knew he was going to get in trouble because they saw what he was weak against, and they, they protected him, man. And I think that's a good sign because I still believe in him. I still think he's going to be a, a, a talented player for the Raiders. But I, I want to I, I, that's one thing that I noticed, too, about that game is he, he was getting cooked, man. He was. And, and, and the coaching staff, mm-hmm. I think they took him out of positions, and they, they didn't allow him to fail because I think they got to protect the boy's confidence, man. He's a rookie. Yeah. But anyways, that's my that's my take on that. I love you guys. Keep on keep on keeping on, man. <laughs> all right. Hey, great call, man. Appreciate you hitting us up from uh, Toronto, man. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, man, we doing all right outside the states, man. We doing all right. I don't know how we do in the states, but we doing all right out the states, right? If we ever take the show on the road, we might be all right. Yeah, let's go over to Australia. Yeah, no problem. I mean, yeah, mate. No, yeah, no problem. Are you gonna call Can? Can? Hey, Can? Can we kick it with you? Well, hey, listen to you that. Get what? it? Kick Can? It, can? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Cam, right? That you know, Cam. That's a terrible. Like you do some good impressions sometimes. No, but, that's not a good one. Hey man, look that's what you not say. a look good one. Say. 
That one that you did the other day with the cat in Wakanda, that was funny. Well, that's from the roots. Okay, yeah, well, sure <laughs> it is. Sure it is. That's by way, me right by way of Tennessee, sure it is. Sure it is. We didn't land no Plymouth Rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ain't got no rock that landed on you. Matter of fact, maybe you did have a rock hit you a couple side, times upside the head. You ain't got no kind of sense. Unbelievable. You got Lincoln Kennedy coming up at 4 o'clock. He's got sense. Looking forward to that conversation, see what he thinks about everything going on with the Raiders and the way they picked up the victory on Sunday as he was there with Jason Horowitz. Mailman Raider Max hit us up and said, I want to clarify my last text. Max in his prime was better than Crosby right now. Max is definitely better right now. For sure. I mean, Khalil's not in his prime right now, but he's still a hell of a player. He is still a hell of a player right now. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up as well. Speaking of Khalil Mack, how we forget how much a dominant player he was from day one. Mm-hmm. Mack was a very good run stopper, and Mack was causing havoc on every single play. He was Defensive Player of the Year in 2016. He was our guy. The reason he's no longer here is because he got traded by Gruden. We honestly don't know what happened behind closed doors, but let's call it what it was. Mack was our guy, one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Drives me crazy how Raider fans play Mack down. Some fans forgot he was a machine. That is from Sir Whiskey Ray, and I agree with that 100%. And I'll tell you, man, uh, it was to me, and this is just my opinion, I was in Central Texas doing radio at the time, uh, obviously, as I told you. Um, when people talked about the best defensive players in the league, no one really talked about Khalil Mack. And I always kept telling everyone on the radio, I'd be like, hey, man, don't forget about the cat that plays with the Raiders, man. Khalil Mack is really sticking good. Matter of fact, I thought the Texans should have drafted him. Because they had the number one overall pick. They went with Clowney because the hit that he had his, what, sophomore year and he wasn't eligible to go to the NFL or he would have been immediately in the league. He took off that next year of college, basically. I mean, he was there, but he wasn't really there, right? And they took him because they had the pressure of, you got to take him. He's the most dominant player. I thought for Romeo Cornell and his system that he was running in Houston that Khalil Mack was the better fit. I asked John about him all the time. I said, are you sure? I thought Khalil Mack would be a better fit. He's like, yeah, I think so too, but they're going to take Clowney because they almost have to. So... Luckily, Buffalo decided they what they wanted to trade up and go and get Sammy Watkins. I couldn't believe that. I thought when they traded up, they were going to go and get Khalil Mack, and they ended up with Sammy Watkins, so that was great. The Raiders end up with Khalil Mack, and man, I told everybody how good he was, and it felt like to me, and I, don't, I haven't lived everywhere, but it felt like to me that Khalil Mack never was in the conversation of how great and dominant he was until he went to Chicago. Once he went to Chicago, I felt like he was in the conversation and in the news every single day. Khalil Mack did this. Khalil Mack. I mean, it was just like they couldn't get enough of Khalil Mack. You would think he was Aaron Donald as far as, you know, just in the, in the spotlight and, and in, the, in the big city or whatever. I mean, it's just all of a sudden Khalil Mack's name was always talked about. And I used to argue that on the radio all the time there in Central Texas. I said, why now, though? He's been dominant. He's been dominating. I mean, he won Defensive Player of the Year in 2016 and still half the people were like, eh, I think Aaron Donald should have won that, right? And then all of a sudden he goes to Chicago and they're like, oh my gosh, this is a great defensive player. Just in, look, look how this, you know, and it's just like, so to me, and it was just me, I said that it felt like because he was a Raider, he wasn't getting the, the love that he should. And the moment that he left, it was like, oh, hey, by the way, that's a really good player. So I don't know. I thought he was a hell of a player. I still think he's a hell of a player. And man, him and Max Crosby teamed up together would be fantastic. 357 is the time. We'll take a break. Come back. Lincoln Kennedy will join the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.